When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, the Horn. Hour number two of Light the Tower on the Horn, Jeff Howe, Cameron Parker, and we will be joined momentarily by Craig Way from Coral Gables, Florida. Specs text line is open 337-3776. A lot of Texas football and basketball in the first hour. Craig's thoughts on the Dylan Mitchell return here in just a second. I didn't want to get his thoughts on that. But real quick, Cam, one quick bit of cleanup from Inconceivable. You and I saw this at the same time. That listing of the school for sale as the senior prank, allegedly, for $42,069. 420 and 69 crammed together is 42,069. Shout out that spec sex listener for putting that together because that makes sense. That is I, some I heard 42,000. I was like, how do they get that number? Nah, it's just a high school kid. Ah, wait a second. That is some serious detective wait work a right second. there. Hats off to you, sir or madam. That is outstanding work right there. That's that's the kind of listeners that we have on Light the Tower. What it's was your very, senior prank? Um, our spending senior, a day in jail. Well, no, that would have been senior torture day okay. if we'd have done that. No, our senior prank was uh, the school. Apparently, the school was having some kind of budget crisis. I think it was like they overpaid to get the new high school done or something. It had gone over budget. So our idea was as we walked across the stage, um, we each handed the superintendent a quarter to help with the budget crisis. And when he stopped <laughs> accepting quarters, people were just dropping them in front of him. So. That was kind of our That must have been so humiliating for him. <laughs> we wanted to help with the budget crisis, and the class of 02 was doing their part. So uh, a man who I'm sure knows about a good senior prank. Man, I don't forget senior prank. When you had smoke hall at school, you didn't need senior prank. Let's bring in Craig right now. Live from Coral Gables, Florida, the press conference is wrapped up tomorrow. It's Texas and Louisiana in the Coral Gables Super Regional. 12.45 pregame, 1 o'clock first pitch here on the horn. He is the voice of the Longhorns, and again, using his words, not mine, the gravy horde extraordinaire, Craig Way. Craig, how's the weather in South Florida? Oh, it's about like what you'd expect, Jeffrey. Swampy? Uh, uh, yeah, it's a good way to describe it. Uh, you know, it's uh, uh, Roger Wallace. Uh, has a lot of experience down here. He has a sister who lives here. He has uh, nieces and nephews. His mother, uh, before she passed away about a year ago, was uh, retired and living down here. So he had, he made a great many trips down here. And he, he favors the word oppressive. And uh, that's probably the way it is. It's, it's pretty hot. It's pretty sticky and pretty humid right now. But the Longhorns are on the field as we speak. They're taking batting practice right now as we speak. As you mentioned, uh, they had a, a brief press conference this morning. We're going to bring that to everybody uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, it was, like we said, it was it was brief. Each team, uh, I, I, I have to tell you, Jeff, I'm um, uh, 
you know, I, I've been, you know, broadcasting and covering regionals for the Longhorns for 21 years now. And so far, so far, uh, this is about as well run uh, a regional as I've come across. Nice. Uh, the, the, the folks here, very professional and very helpful. Uh, and, um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I got a Facebook memory today of six years ago today when the Longhorns were on the field at Blair Field and Long Beach going through that. And they were nice people out there and everything, but it was kind of a mess. And there was no formal press conferences and a lot of uh, not sure where you're going to set up to do your, your game, your game broadcast, let alone any talk show thing or anything like that. Uh, here, they're like, oh, no, 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 you have park in this lot, it's close by, and here's where you set up, and, and there is one downside to it, we are outside, we are out of doors, uh, so uh, they said, you might not want to leave your equipment set up uh, overnight, because we have the tendency to have rain, <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, you're right, so when we get done, uh, I'll pack up the stuff, and move it out, and all that, but, uh, but they have a canopy that will protect us from uh, rain that might happen during the game, uh, game tomorrow, and that is a concern. There, is, there is concern about the forecast throughout the course of the weekend. But I'm also told it's always like that this time yeah. of year. Yeah, afternoon showers. I mean, it was beautiful this morning. Uh, temperature in the in the 70s and and clear blue skies. Well, now clouds have kind of moved into the area, but it's still kind of hot and humid. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's like that, but they had it, they had a, uh, a formal press conference there. And like I said, it was a brief one there because, uh, the Texas media here, or, or the, the only two Texas media present at the news conference present were me and Roger Wallace. Now there were others participating on the zoom, Danny Davis from the Austin American Statesman, Dennis Dandelapena from Fox seven. And, and so there were, there were different ones who, who, uh, asked questions on the zoom mm-hmm. that they had, but we, we were the only ones. And, and a lot of folks are still making their way down here as well. So I know that, uh, for a fact as well. Uh, what, by the way, would you like to know what my senior prank was in high school? Uh, yeah. And we got a good, uh, submission from our good friend, Tom McKay. Told you guys yeah, what's, about what's a- AV consultations last hour. Released a cage of chickens chased by greased pigs. Well, you know what? I, I, I've often said that Tom and I are very similar in a lot of ways and that we're, we're similar in age and, and uh, some of our taste in sports and things like that. My senior prank was, uh, yeah, you told, as you mentioned, we had a smoke hall at our school yeah. and that was outside where, you know, you, know, you could have 16- and 17-year-old kids, you know, uh, you know, uh, blazing up a lung dart you know they were firing up heaters burn a heater then go to wood shop then then go on in there or, or get into advanced english or or well, let's go be into real craig if, if the, the wood shop kids were probably burning heaters in wood shop yeah <laughs> that's true by the way the music here in the background that's what's going over the pa obviously at mark like field here and um the uh that but we had the smoke hall but the the school administration very fiercely protected a courtyard area they had in between the classroom buildings. It wasn't out by the smoke hall. And it was like, you know, you don't walk on the grass. You be very, very careful where you do. You don't leave any trash down there and all that kind of stuff. We had one guy who had access to livestock. And and we had another guy who had access to the building at night. And uh, it was not long before graduation. Beautiful. School administrators walked in one morning, and there out in the courtyard were pigs, sheep. Yes. Um, I think there was a calf and and some chickens. So it's kind of like what Thomas said. We had livestock out there, and so they had to 
get it all out of there and all that. So that was, yeah, that was the senior prank that happened. Or as they call it in Gerald, the school dance. But whatever the case oh, is, right. uh, there we go again. <laughs> I really, uh, any, any prank that involves livestock is a really good prank. Craig, yeah. b- before we talk about uh, Texas baseball, uh-huh. I want to get your thoughts on Dylan Mitchell coming back to the basketball team. Cam and I talked about it last hour. Um I like it because, look, small, whether you think Dylan Mitchell can play the three or not, the three-ish position on this team was a, a hole that they needed to fill. I, I still think I have no reason to believe they won't still continue to pursue Arthur Coloma because the more versatility you could add in the front court, the better. But, Craig, this is I, I think this is a win-win for everybody. I think if you're Dylan Mitchell, it gives you a chance to improve. And for Rodney Terry, it, it, it gives you – the opportunity to help somebody achieve their NBA dream and also can mis- the, dispel some of that notion that was out there. Oh, why are all these talented guys? Why do they not want to stay and play for RT? Well, Dylan Mitchell certainly would have been drafted somewhere, and, and he decided to put off the NBA for one more year to come back and play for this program. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question first. I saw your, your uh, t- uh, tweet when I got to the hotel, which, by the way, had, had I been able to join you guys during Inconceivable, that would have been a story. The, the, there was a travel nightmare for this baseball team yesterday <laughs> in getting here. And it, was, and, and, and it didn't end upon touchdown at Miami International Airport. In fact, it even ramped up. And I'll, I'll get into that here in a little bit. But um, the, uh, it, So by the time we got to the hotel, it was pretty close to midnight. And, uh, and then I saw your tweet. And, and Roger and I had just finished saying, hey, you know, uh, Dylan Mitchell coming up on the deadline thing. And we kind of joked about it because we, we thought Dylan was going to go ahead and keep his name in the NBA draft. And then Roger saw your tweet and said, hey, he's, he's coming back. So that, several things crossed my mind about it. Uh, Dylan, uh, clearly with a flair for the dramatic uh, since it came kind of late. I mean, when, when did you learn that he had decided – not to keep his name in the draft and to come back for Honestly, sophomore year. Uh, probably, I got pretty. Some, I started getting some indications. Probably about, uh, I'd say, right about twenty, twenty two, twenty twenty one hours ago, somewhere like that. Yeah, it was yesterday afternoon. Okay, okay. Whereas right. I, I said this in the first hour, Craig, you go back seventy two hours. I still thought there was no chance he was coming back. Yeah, and I think everybody thought that's what I meant by flair for the dramatic. He ran it down to the last day. But I think some of that also was to continue to get the feedback. And I think he got the feedback that a lot of folks thought. I mean, I, uh, I uh, uh, know three or four people who are affiliated with different NBA clubs. And the, the feedback that I got was that he was not – uh, for a long time, he wasn't on any draft board. Right. And then uh, after the pre-draft camp and things like that, his stock improved proved a little bit. But it was still projected to be a mid to late second round pick. He wasn't going to be a first round pick. Not, not what the, the, the information that I got uh, said that he was probably going to be a mid to late second round pick. Now, that, that's still, you know, uh, good enough for somebody to go ahead and bet on themselves and go ahead and do that. But I think he just decided, you know, I could probably work on my game another year at the collegiate level. I know he loves uh, RT and the coach. It was never about that. It was never about any of that. It was yeah. never about folks said, well, they uh, retarded his growth offensively. It was never about that. He would be the first to tell you. Every time I talk um, to, to Dylan, he said that there's so many parts of my game I've got to work on. And when folks said, well, we didn't see him shoot three-pointers, 
he had he had opportunities a couple times floating out on the wings, chose not to shoot them. And the same thing happened in practice. Now he would put them up occasionally in practice, but he wasn't he was trying to improve on his game as a guy who could post up and a guy who could slash to the bucket. I mean that's what that's yeah. what he wanted to work on. And to your point about the three position, that's kind of what they need. Now the, the you know, certainly if he's got some shooting touch, some more shooting touch to to improve upon, great. Uh, and and that's a bonus. But they're going to work on his total offensive game as well as what he can do and be a rim protector and, and rebound because we know he's so crazy, freakishly athletic. On the yeah. thing. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I, I'm, I'm glad he's coming back. You know what I was getting, what I was getting worried about, Craig, and somebody brought this up on the uh, flagship message board at Horns 24-7 last night because it was probably about 9.30, and I'm like, okay. And, and I'll tell you what what really peaked the, the, the deal for me when I realized, okay, I think this thing is turning. I had talked to a Texas source who was pretty steadfast that it was a done deal that he was leaving, and it mm-hmm. said, now it said, don't know, waiting on final word like everybody else is. So I'm like, well, uh, that certainly changed. Uh, and, and so it's getting down to it, and we're waiting, and it's like 9.45, and we're like, okay, it's it's getting pretty close to deadline time here. And somebody said, well, he's out in L.A. I really hope he doesn't think he has until midnight local time to, to do ah. it. I'm like, Man, I I really hope he's on his agent is on the ball with with the whole Eastern Time bit, but yeah, it got done. Actually, people were wondering that Craig with the two TCU guys because nothing was announced with Damian Ball and Emmanuel Miller last night, and people were thinking, man, did those TCU guys think they had like till midnight Central to, hmm. to pull out? But it, as it turns out, uh, Damian Ball is staying in the draft, and Emmanuel Miller's coming back to school. But crisis avoided. I, I did say Craig in the first hour. I said, you know, Timmy Allen function as a three at times for this team and they played so much three guard late in the year it really didn't matter it was all positionless at that point but i said you know True. timmy allen function as a three so dylan mitchell's like bizarro timmy allen like whereas timmy allen lived on the mid-range game and just kind of veteran savvy now you're going for a guy like dylan mitchell who's shown little to no mid-range game and it's just this uber running jump athlete who's a nasty finisher in traffic and credit to bizarro dale dudley on the text line who reminded me that there is only one bizarro and that would be Bizarro Dale Dudley. So I apologize for referencing, for referring to Dylan Mitchell as Bizarro Timmy Allen. Well, I, I, I think it's I, I think even Bizarro Dale Dudley could could agree that right. there's. I mean, he got that from obviously, uh, clearly, the the Bizarro Superman, the Bizarro Seinfeld, all that kind of stuff. So I think he could probably, I think he'd probably be okay with a with a Bizarro, uh, you know, a Bizarro Timmy Allen. Yeah, which is kind of bizarre to consider. <laughs> Craig, uh, I, I didn't listen to any of the Zoom because I was, you know, mm-hmm. on air doing some mediocre radio and trying to get the greater Austin area through their pre-lunch hour. Uh, do we know who's starting this game tomorrow? It's going to be Lucas Gordon. Okay. And, uh, in fact, I think Danny Davis even asked uh, David Pierce that, so we'll hear him talk about it. Uh, but it was, you know, it, there was a there was a great deal of consideration went into this. Um, because Louisiana's most productive hitters are right-handed hitters. However, their splits reveal something a little bit different. So it's not it's not like it's not as easy as right on right, left on left. And so, uh, and and this is going to be a severe challenge for Texas. And uh, I think you know keeping. Uh, the Cajuns off the base paths is paramount. We know about the 161 stolen bases, but it's it's about more than stolen bases because in, in talking with David Pierce about this, 
he says that you know it's not it's not like they get out there and run eight nine times a game or whatever they have a lot of stolen bases but they really averaged about three per game some games they had more some but when they do get them a lot of times they, it puts you in a really tough spot so keeping the lead off guy he says it reminds me when he was coaching at sam houston and at tulane he said it reminds me of, of playing against augie's teams keep the lead off guy off base and if you can largely do that and get out number one you're really helping yourself a lot. So that's that that that's part of parcel of that. So we're going to hear the uh, the press conference coming up. Before we do that, uh, I know we we're also going to have a flex thirty update. So we'll, uh, so we'll have that. Um, but uh, I, I I do need to tell you about the team getting here last night because uh, it was it was a bit of a challenge. Uh, Cam and I were just getting some some dispatches from you, and it sounded sounded pretty rough. Well, everything started off normally enough they had a little bit of delay before we were able to take off from what was supposed to be the scheduled departure time and that was uh the plane that they were using to take the team and the travel party uh was late getting in it was like getting in but but it did and 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 it was okay and uh you know the team goes to you know for people say well charters charter travel so easy you don't have tsa wrong every single person is wanded and screen and sit down on the chair and stick your feet out and all that other kind of stuff and they go through go through all of your carry-on bags there so no no it, it, that that's a process did you have to deal it, with someone it, wearing a rubber glove craig or no was there none of that involved? Uh, I, I, well there were there were there were uh tsa uh uh individuals there who were wearing gloves however i uh, did not have to worry about anything other than the winding. So, so no cavity so that, search, good time. So, so right there, you're off to a good start. Yeah. So, so it was okay. So, um, and so then the plane takes off, and we're all in route, and we um, we get going for a while, and then um, it starts to get a little bumpy and bumpy, and we kind of figured that because we're heading to an area where there, you know, there's afternoon thunderstorms and things like that. So uh, it gets a little bumpy and a little bumpier. And then the uh, captain comes on and says, okay, folks, here's, here's what we're dealing with. Uh, because of storms all across Florida right now, they're slowing us down, and they're kind of rerouting us a little bit differently. Um, we're going to have to take to the runway when we come in an easterly, um, I mean, a, uh, coming in from the west instead of from the east or we're going to have to come in from the east instead of the west. In other words, they're going to have to swing out over the Atlantic Ocean and come back in. So, okay, and, and, and he acted like, no big deal. It was just going to it was just gonna add a few more minutes. Okay, fine. Then about uh, 30 minutes later, he's back on. It's like, so um, what we're looking at now, uh, they, they've really kind of slowed us down quite a bit uh, because of this and the storms. So much so that we're now low on fuel. So we're being diverted to Orlando. So we're going to go to Orlando, and then we're going to refuel, and then we're going to, and then we're going to be on to Miami. And it's only about a thirty-five minute flight from Orlando to Miami. So we'll get you there as quickly as we can. I mean, we were already looking, you know, well over an hour late of what was supposed to be the scheduled arrival time. So we land in Orlando, and uh, we sit for a bit. And then finally the refueling trucks come over, and then they refuel. And then, and so then they, they, they fill us up, and then uh, we sit a little bit longer, and then we take off. 
And uh, so the whole delay was probably about an hour uh, in, on the ground in Orlando. So then we take off. And so then we're going from Orlando uh, down to Miami. And, again, it gets a little bumpy and this and that. And all, but, but, but we land. And so landed um, probably a little over, I would say, three hours later than, we had, than what was scheduled. So we land, and we sit for a bit. And, and I knew that we were not landing, and, and this is one of the things about the charter flights, as you know, you land on a different side of the airport or at a charter, an FBO, as they say, a charter terminal. You land over at that, and that's where they would bring in the team bus. Well, I was also part of a group of four who would be picking up rental cars. Now, normally, the rental cars are right there at the FBO. They deliver them. But we were told in advance the rental car company cannot deliver the cars to where you're arriving, but you can get on uh, one of the two buses, and that will drop you off there. And in visiting with Carly Todd, who's handling the operations for the baseball program, and she was one of the ones who had cars. She said, you know what? I don't even want to bother with the two buses. We'll just we'll get a, a, an Uber, an Uber XL for the four of us, whatever. We'll go over. I said, okay, fine. So we get off the plane. Jeff? We are in a really unsavory part of South Florida. Dude, that's why my the Miami metro area, like, I've been to New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami for some reason. Maybe I just watched Scarface too many times. It just, yeah. Miami, Miami scares me. Well, we were way over on the opposite side of the airport, of course, and it's very dark and all this kind of stuff. So we get off, and uh, the first thing we notice, there's only one bus not two. So Chris Quinn, who is one of the unsung heroes and is just a, does a fabulous job as the equipment manager for the Longhorn Baseball Program, gets to talk to a ground person and says, okay, we're supposed to have another bus. And the ground person's response is, and, I, and, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's all, I was standing right there, was, well, I don't know about your other bus, but you, you guys can't stay here. you got to go. And he's like, okay, we got to get the, the the bags unloaded. Oh yeah, I know. We're we're going to unload the bags and we're going to put them on the bus. And Chris tells him those bags are not going to fit on that bus. And he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, they will. We had, we had the other team in uh, earlier and we were able to to cram it all in. Uh, now we had to call another bus because they didn't have. And so other people are asking questions like, Where is the other bus? Why isn't the other bus here? We've got a travel party of 70, and the bus seat's 55. What are we doing? So, Got to have lap, um, lap partners. Yeah, uh, but a, except a the, bus driver, the bus driver doesn't allow it. And they said, we, we, can, we can stand in the aisle or whatever, and the bus driver said, safety regulations can't do. And, the, and, and so the guy on the ground is saying, well, I don't know what the bus driver telling, but you can't stay here. It's kind of like that song, Closing Time. You know, you don't have to go right home, but you can't stay here. So it's like, well, what are we supposed to do? And he goes, I don't know. So, so Chris finally, I think, said to him, or somebody said to him, what are you going to do if we stay? Are you going to have us arrested? We can't, we can't fit everybody on the bus, and we can't fit all the equipment and all the bags on the bus. And the guy kept insisting, oh, no, 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 no. It'll... And so we're waiting and waiting. Finally, they start shoving the bags in that bus. And, of course, they got no shot. No chance to get everything on there. And they discovered that. So then the guy finally relented and said, uh, and, and, and meanwhile, we're wondering how in the world are we going to you know, be able to pick up the rental cars and all this. And so finally, he says, here's what you guys can do. 
you can take as many of the bags and as many of the people as you want to your hotel, drop it off, and then bring the bus back because there's not going to be another bus coming. So, um, so then Chris said to me, hey, uh, me and my guys, we'll pick up the rental cars. And I said, are you sure? He goes, yeah, go to the hotel. We'll, 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 we'll get the rental cars. So we end up coming up. We get to the hotel. Like I said, it was, you know, well after 11 o'clock. And, uh, and then, the, so then the bus unloads all the gear. It goes back to the airport. It loads up all the remaining gear. And then, it, and then there's like seven or eight who get, on that, uh, who get on that bus. They drop off four over at the FBO to pick up the rental cars, and then they drive them home. So needless to say, we were all in our rooms a little after midnight, that sort of deal. So that was, uh, you know, travel nightmares. We've, we've talked about travel nightmares, but, you know, you kind of get used to it after a while because there's nothing really you can do about it. I mean, it's, it's going to be that way Just sometimes. sit there and take it up the tailpipe. It is. Now, and, and like I said, you know, we had all kinds of concerns like, what's it going to be like now? What's it going to be? The hotel is nice, and everybody's been great here at the ballpark. So maybe we're past the, the, the most difficult part of the whole weekend, and now we'll see how the baseball goes tomorrow. Toward that end, we're going to bring you uh, the uh, news conference. It was a little while ago with uh, David Pierce, Jack O'Dowd, and Eric Kennedy. And uh, you'll hear it. It's, it's, it's not real long, so uh, that's why we're able to bring it uh, to you. So uh, you'll hear that coming up. Uh, we, prior to that, however, we will have a Flex 30 update. As we continue, Longhorns are on the field right now. For those of you worried about Peyton Powell, he is in the cage taking swings right now as we speak. So that's good. He looks good, feels good, and it's ready to go. Jared Thomas is as well. All right, we'll continue with Light the Tower. Uh, speaking of light, at Mark Light Field here in Coral Gables, Florida. Craig Way with you here, Jeff Howe, and our producer Cameron Parker back at the ARN Compound Studios. And we'll continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Wake, Jeff Howe with you. Texas Longhorns on the field right now at Mark Lightfield. Or the actual full name, Jeff, is Alex Rodriguez Park at Mark Lightfield. And I guess when you give the baseball program $4 million, you'll get your name put on the facility. That's what we were told. Maybe the most disliked person in sports, A-Rod. He's up there, right? And he might be here this weekend. I was told he he comes out to several games. So there's a decent chance we might see him around here this weekend. Hey, real quick, Craig, uh, we'll we'll talk more about this tomorrow. But I think certainly longtime Texas baseball fans know how good this Miami program is. Mm -hmm. I think people a little bit younger probably forget the history that Miami has in baseball. Whether it was you know, Ron Fraser, Jim Morris, it's been a it was a really really good program for a really really long time. One of, during the you know the eighties and nineties, it was one of the true blue blood programs in college baseball. It's funny you mention that because David Pierce is uh, uh, we're going to hear in a minute is is it almost echoes that word for word. And you're right, you do have in this regional the two programs that have been in Omaha more than any other: Texas yep. at thirty eight and uh, Miami at twenty five. 
So you have the you have the the, the two programs that have uh, played in Omaha more than any other. So we'll do that. We'll get to the uh, press conference in Omaha, but right now it's time for a Flex Thirty update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Okay, uh, UIL State softball tournament's going on, as we know, all this week over at McCombs. No area schools left in that. But there are three area teams still competing in the playoffs of baseball. It's the state quarterfinal, regional finals, the state quarterfinals. And, you know, Cameron Parker knows all about those Taylor Ducks that we've had a lot of conversation about. And they had game one against the vaunted China Spring Cougars last night. Yeah, number 10, Taylor Ducks, they keep on rolling, Craig. A 3 nothing victory highlighted by Chris Perez doing it on the mound and at the plate. He pitched six and a third, four hits allowed, but how about this? No runs, four walks to 11 punch outs. He also had a solo shot that helped lift Taylor over China Spring. Uh, Jake Jansky had a... RBI double to start the game 1-0, and Taylor did not look back, so they're ahead 1-0. Game 2 against China Spring will be uh, later this afternoon. I believe I'll get you the schedule here in, in just a second. And in Game 3, if China Spring does win that, would be 30 minutes after the conclusion of that one. So Game 2 will be tonight at Baylor, actually, Waco at 4.30 p.m., and then Game 2, 30 minutes after that. So they're playing that one at Baylor Ballpark. They are. That, that, that's here. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. So congrats to the Ducks. They've got that started. And then, of course, uh, 5A for Rouse and 6A for Westlake are getting underway. Is it starting tonight or tomorrow? It starts tonight. So Westlake yep. will host Antonio Johnson 7 o'clock first pitch at Westlake. And then for Rouse, that game one against Bernie Champion will be at Concordia University at Tornado Field. That will be at 7 p.m. First pitch. Game two will be also be tomorrow. And then game three, if needed for both series, will be Saturday, June 3rd, both at 2 p.m. Okay. All right, there it is. There's your Flex 30 update there. And uh, congrats to Taylor on grabbing game one. They have two shots to get one more to get out of it to get to state next week. And by the way, uh, you know, if if they get to state, 4A uh, is at UFCU Dishfalk Field. So uh, the, the the other classifications uh, are are all being played uh, at Dell Diamond, but uh, just uh, keep that in mind as well. Okay, uh, time now for our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. All right, so here it is. Uh, Longhorns on the field right now. A little while ago, they had the press conference here on the University of Miami campus. Uh, and uh, along with second baseman Jack O'Dowd and center fielder Eric Kennedy, head coach David Pierce, and here's how the press conference sounded. Um, good to be here. Uh, I know I know, being at the University of Miami, uh, one of the storied programs, um, I just remember as a kid watching Texas, Miami, those types of schools in and out of Omaha and doing great things. So we got a good team. We're excited to be here and compete and we know three other teams are probably feeling the same thing, so we're just looking forward to the competition. Thank you, Coach. We'll jump into questions now. We'll start with those in the room here at Mark Light Field, and then we'll go to Zoom after that. Um, feel free to ask questions of Coach Pierce or of the players, and we'll jump right into it. 
Jack, I was going to ask you, given the fact that uh, you had a good tournament, even though the team had the disappointments there, the way you swung with that, you feel like you're in a good groove. Do things feel a little bit different for you offensively than say as you're? I noticed it's been a, a ramp up for you to where you're. Yeah. Now. Yeah, for sure. Just uh, just trying to get better the whole season. Just trying to progress. And uh, you know, this is the time of year where you want to be playing your best baseball, and when you want to be swinging the best. And I feel like. Uh, you know, I feel good about where I'm at, and I feel good about where the rest of the team's at, too. So I think that uh, the progression's kind of right where we need to be. Is it is it anything different for you, that, that you adjustments that you've had to make, or has it just been the progression over time? I think just a natural progression. You know, I've made small adjustments here and there to kind of try and get better on areas that I was struggling in. But, you know, all natural stuff that happens over the course of a, of a long season. So, you know, I think that... Uh, the confidence just continued to grow, and, and it put me in a good spot. EK, is it true you've never been in the city of Miami, a guy who grew up in Tampa? Oh, uh, yeah, I've never been here. Uh, I only lived in Tampa for my high school years, so um, I've been close. I've been to Fort Lauderdale. I've been to Palm Beach. Actually, I think those are close. I don't really know. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's as far south as I've been. <laughs> Definitely confirmed for you those are close. <laughs> Uh, how big of an impact has Peyton Powell given you? Didn't play much in the first three seasons, and he's in 358 this year. Yeah, he's been huge. Uh, you know, Peyton actually pinch hit for Ivan Melendez in the 21 Super Regional. Runner on third base, got a base hit. But he's always been a good hitter. Kind of been a kid out of place as far as where we play him. Uh, a backup catcher. Been pretty good on both corners. Can play outfield. Uh, but... He actually got in the lineup at Cal State Fullerton early in the year because of an ejection to um, Tanner Carlson, which was kind of a fluke deal. And then it's kind of one of those situations, once he got in, he's just never gotten out. Um, but his bat was somewhat, I wouldn't say expected, but he's a guy that I always felt like it hit. Um but his defense has been extraordinary for a kid that's kind of bounced around a little bit and then moved and settled in at third base. So he's been a huge impact for us. For a team that won five in the road, which had a pleasant regular season against San Jose State, who's in the other region a little better with, and sweeping West Virginia in the year, what do you feel is your most consistent part of your team's play right now? Our most consistency would be, I think, defensively. We've been really good all year. Uh, we've taken care of the baseball, and then we've shown really good signs of our offensive approach, and we've had good success there. And then our starting pitching. David, um, speaking of starting pitching, uh, can you announce your um, plan for tomorrow? Uh, Danny, will go Lucas Gordon tomorrow. Yeah, I know you guys are about to go practice out there, but what are your thoughts on the ballpark, and is there any, any challenges that you – well, I've only been in the dugout so far, but just looking at the surface, very nice. Uh, looks like it's going to play true, um, well manicured. I know their groundsman has been here 20 years and knows what to do with the weather and how to manage the dirt and the grass. And so the surface looks great. Um, just the environment looks good. Just I think the biggest issue this weekend is how we deal with the weather, and uh, we've got the right type of people in place, I'm sure, here to take care of that. So, yeah, we just don't know enough about it yet, but on the surface it looks good.
Hey, Coach, um, can, can you give us uh, the latest on Tanner um, and, and what you expect out of him this, this weekend and just how much of an X factor he'll be in this regional? Yeah, he's extending every week. Uh, he's been our number three starter somewhat as an opener. Um, we feel like... You know, he's getting closer and closer to extending without worrying about pitch counts to a point. But um, he can be big for us. You know, he's got a big arm, but he's got experience. He's got uh, a real competitive piece about him. So he's progressing right. Um, We feel like that he can go out there and just compete without worrying about his body now and definitely not worrying about his arm. A follow-up for, for Jack and EK. Um, the well, how, how are you guys feeling as far as just the, uh, you know, here you are in a, in a strange place. Or do you feel like you're closer to the team that swept West Virginia or the team that was out in Arlington recently on, on the, uh, at the Big 12 tournament? Well, maybe. Yeah, I can get it. Um, you know, I think that I think that going into it, we've had a, a week of, of really good work. You know, we've we've gotten a chance to to reset a little bit, to get guys healthy, um, and to prepare ourselves for this uh, this opportunity. So, you know, I feel like our mentality going into it's pretty similar to what we had going into West Virginia. So I would say that uh, that we're in a pretty good place there. No, if, while we wait for any more questions, um, the experience you guys come in for going to College World Series the last couple of years, if you could just speak to how much that helps you as you enter another regional. For the players. Go ahead, Eddie. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it's crucial. You know, we've got several guys on this year's team that have been on the biggest stages in Omaha, and we've been on the road for supers. I think, you know, having that experience for the younger guys and, you know, kind of teach them how to handle things is going to be crucial for us. You know, it's going to be a great environment here. and we're going to need every advantage we can get. So I think, you know, that experience that we carry with us is going to be big for us. Jack. Yeah. Um, you know, EK said it, said it best. The, the experiences that we've had with some of the old, older guys on the team um, are going to be super vital. You know, just talking through that with the younger guys, um, you know, talking through that with how to handle the experience on the road, all that kind of stuff is uh, is definitely a big advantage that we had based on the experiences in the past couple of years. But, um, you know, just it's another fun opportunity, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I know the team is too. I'll just say too, there's one thing to have experience, and, you know, we replaced six starters. Um, but the experience of, of older guys that actually were intricate parts of playing in Omaha is the key. Where you look at EK, Dylan, and um, and Mitch, they've all played in Omaha, and Mitch twice, EK twice. Um, but they're not just guys that went, and Jack is a guy that experienced it. Um, so we've got some guys that have experienced it, but then we have some guys that have played and been a part of it. But uh, my point is, is I think it's not just experience. It's the right type of leadership that returned from Omaha. Uh, you can have experience and then they be selfish type players. Uh, our experience has been unselfish and guys that want to give back to younger guys. Uh, this question's for Jack. Um, I don't know if you traveled with Vandy in 21, but kind of curious, what did you learn from those teams um, the last two years and you know, how excited are you to kind of 
get your chance to do do your thing in the, in the tournament? Yeah, so, you know, two, uh, two great opportunities, you know, being with Vandy in 21 and then last year with Texas in 22. Two very different teams, but um, two great teams. And, you know, I learned a lot just about kind of like Coach Pierce just said about leadership, you know, about how to uh, to handle yourself in, in big environments. You know, even though I wasn't actually on the field playing in uh, those past few years, I feel like I learned a lot so that, you know, when I when I do get the opportunity to get on the field myself, you know, I knew that, that I wanted to be ready. And it's an experience that I've wanted to have, you know, for the past couple of years. So I always told myself, um, you know, when I was in Omaha, when I was in, these tournament runs the past couple of years, you know, I'm going to try and get as much out of it as I can so that when, you know, I am on the field and, and playing, I'm going to be ready and, and I'm going to be able to help, you know, not only the team, but help uh, younger guys with that experience as well. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things I took out of it. And I'm really glad that, that I looked at it that way because I feel like I'm, I'm in a good position moving forward now. These are two programs that don't meet all the time, but it's two programs who have been taking the most trips to Omaha. You guys have had 38 Miami's at 25. Is there some surprise that goes into this regional for you guys? I think, yeah, for sure. These are two of the blue bloods in college baseball. We have um, like a plaque in our, uh, or in our facilities that has like most trips to Omaha, most wins in uh, college baseball history. And it's us in Miami. We're the top two on every category. So I think... There's definitely a little pride going into it, you know, <clears throat> kind of get race to the top between these two programs, and, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge. That was the press conference here in Coral Gables just a little while ago with Longhorn players and uh, head coach David Pierce. Texas has just concluded its practice on the field, and we'll conclude Light the Tower here on the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Okay, so we get ready to wrap this up. Jeff, what's on your docket for the rest of today? Uh, well, Charlotte's in studio with me, so we got to go run some errands whenever Excellent. we're done here. So. <laughs> Excellent. So glad to hear that. Uh, okay. Uh, Cam, what's on your plate for today? Relaxing. <laughs> That's hold, the way Craig, to be. Craig, hold on. Charlotte wants to say hi. Say hi to Mr. Craig real quick. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hi, Mr. Craig. Hello, Miss Charlotte. It's good to hear from Charlotte. Okay. Tomorrow you'll hear from me in the first hour of the program before uh, I have to break away and get things set up for the uh, NCAA regional between uh, Texas and Louisiana. So we'll do that. We'll look forward to being with you tomorrow. Thanks so much to our man behind the glass, our producer, Cameron Parker, and for my co-host, Jeff Howe. I'm Craig Wade. We thank you for joining us, and we'll visit with you tomorrow morning. Stay tuned now. Chad and Zay are coming up next, and we'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock with Light the Tower.